Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a special place to live, work, and play. Today we have a really special show, but we're going to come to that in a second. I want to share something with you that I ran across on social media and, uh, you know, again, social media has its faults, but it does have the opportunity to share some some real inspiration from time to time. And I thought this one was really good. It said four things you can't get back. Number one, time after it's gone. Number two, opportunity after it's missed. Number three, trust after it's lost. And number four, a word after it's said. You know, I did a little investigation, and you know, others could actually add to that. Uh, so I found two more that were interesting. One, a stone after it's thrown. That's that's actually one that people who are on social media should take a deep breath about from time to time. And the other is an occasion after it's missed. I mean, how often did you think after something that you should have gone, but you didn't go, and you were missed? You know, an occasion after it's missed. That's something to think about. You know, Kyle and I talk about. Kyle Curley, the producer of Coastview, and I talk about here on the show a lot about living in the moment. And I think when you really are legitimately working to live in the moment, when you hear things like that, it's a great reminder of the kind of ways you can actually improve your ability to live in the moment. And that actually got me thinking. Here's here's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote that I've I put in speeches before. I've often gone back and reflected on. It's powerful. I know you probably have heard it before. But it's worthy of mentioning again today, and here it is. To laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty and to find beauty in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by healthy child, a garden patch, or redeemed social, social condition. To know that one life has breathed easier because you have lived here, this is to have succeeded. Well, if there is a if there are is a sort of a profound um, telling of what my goals are, what I want to be, and what I want to do, that's it. And if there's sort of a clearing call for coastal, or excuse me, coast view, that's it. Uh, to kind of lead the world a better place, and and I I try to live that 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 phrase every single day. So now let's shift gears. Uh, after hearing uh, that we're going to have another above-average hurricane season, we didn't have a named storm in August. I mean, think about that for a minute. It's been wonderfully qu- quiet. And that's actually the first time that's happened since 1997. So far, we're only like 9% of the, uh, 9% into the average season at this point. Um, then on September the 1st, we actually get a name storm, Tropical Storm Danielle, but it was 960 miles west of the Azores Islands. It's no threat to the uh, continental United States. But, uh, but experts tell us uh, we should not be lulled, that things are, the conditions are, are becoming more favorable and things are about to heat up. You know, as I say that, you know, a lot of you are listening to me say that, and you're already, you already know that. You know, coastal Mississippians are a lot more aware of the weather today, especially tropical weather. 
iPhones, which I talk about you know, enabling technology, I spent the last part of my career in significant digital efforts have really given us the opportunity to have really sophisticated weather apps and a lot more information, in some cases probably more information than we need. But but it's true, the, the, the weather apps have substantially improved, and you've got weather and tropical blogs that are out there that are informing people. So the average person, especially here in coastal Mississippi, ground zero for the worst natural disaster in, a hurricane, uh, in, in, in American history, in Hurricane Katrina, and that actually put us all in a in a much deeper mode with learning about the tropical situation. But one thing is really true, that we all have, still have, a, a very significant uh, connection with our local meteorologists at WLOX. And if you go back in time, that relationship is extraordinarily important to us. It helps save property. It's helped certainly save lives. It's still one of the most important reasons, if not really the most important reason, to turn to local news, local TV news. And believe me, I bet LOX knows that. that that's for sure. In my recent conversation, with, with uh, Brad Cassie, the news director at WLOX, uh, we talked about the incredibly strong team of meteorologists they have on their staff currently. I, I, I'm a weather nerd. I spend a lot of time focusing on weather. But their ability to communicate to us as a team is, is, is my view, the best it's ever been. They're, they're in that mode today. And with that said, I invited my friend Kerry Duncan, the chief meteorologist for WLOX, to join me today. And we're going we're gonna to cover the waterfront today. So with that said, welcome to Coast View, my friend. How are you doing, Kerry? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good? doing well. You know, I'm doing really well. We're pre-recording this show. It's going to play on Tuesday, so we're not going to be able to talk about exact weather situations right now. But the reality is, it's been a very quiet tropical season, and uh, folks should not be lulled into thinking that the rest of the season is going to be like this, should they? No, and you know they always say. Everyone says it only takes one. It, I mean, if we just had one more storm and it hit us, it'd be a bad year. I mean, those are the facts, but. It has been quiet. There's been, there have been a lot of things going for the season. Why you would think it would be overactive, but there have been just a couple of things that have held those storms back. So it really does go to show that the conditions have to be just perfect to actually get a storm. So while we've had these overactive and just really ramped up seasons, it's not normal to see that, but everything is cyclical. That's what I always say with weather, everything is cyclical from the water cycle. I can remember studying it in college and our professor talking about how hurricane season is cyclical. You're going to have 10 to 15, 20 year lulls and you'll have the same in overactivity. So it's all the earth really trying to balance itself out. And, you know, we do a good job of, uh, hindering uh, some of the best of earth at times, but uh, hopefully, I know I try to teach my kids, you know, leave things how you found them or better. So yeah. we could all just do something like that that might help just a little bit. So we've been watching these robust tropical waves come off of Africa, but they get out into the Atlantic and it's either Saharan dust or dry air or maybe some uh, some really helpful um um, you know, wind conditions in the upper layers of the atmosphere, just not letting them form. But a lot of that's starting to settle down now. And you see the models are starting to, to tip their hat to 
uh, we could we could see some uh, some long some long trackers coming coming into maybe the Caribbean. We'll have to just wait and see how the season unfalls. But but it's been good. It's been awesome to get through a whole month of August and not have to worry about moving boats and all the stuff you end up having to do. And uh, and it's you know it's how, how has it been for you guys with a re- really quiet season? Well, it's been nice and the. I think one of the biggest questions that I always get is, what is what do you think about hurricane season? And I always say, I try not to. <laughs> I mean, if a storm's going to come, it's going to come. And the only thing that you can do is be prepared. I mean, that's the only thing that really helps to minimize a little bit of the stress because let's face it, it is stressful. It's going to be a stressful situation. The more you have, the more you have to lose, then that is more stress. So, you know, even if you don't have that much, but it's all you have, then that is very stressful. And if you don't have a lot to be able to evacuate, there are so many things that go into play. And I I wish that we could really just take back some of the judgment, but of what people decide to do, because we always put that on them. We've had people call and say, should we evacuate? I'm like, I can't make that decision for you. But if you are in an area where they are telling you that it's a mandatory evacuation, absolutely you should evacuate. But other than that, that is something that's up to the individual and the family, what's best for you and how is that going to work? There are options, of course, where you can stay local and hopefully stay a little bit safer if you have to and you don't have the means to get out of town. So the whole preparing and knowing what you're going to do, that's kind of where that comes into play. It's so so important. In fact, we'll talk a little bit more about Hurricane Katrina, how it changed you, how it changed me, how it changes even the calculus for whether someone should get out or not. We'll talk about that in a second, but let's take a step back for a second. People may not be aware that you grew up in Starkville. You had your first gig in Erie, Erie Pennsylvania, but we'll, we'll, we'll go into sort of that journey that led you ultimately to WLOX and then how Katrina profoundly changed you, really profoundly changed us all. What was it like to grow up in Starkville? You know, it was very idyllic. Uh, I did. I went to Starkville Academy, and I graduated with 44 people. And in my graduating class, I'm pretty sure there was only one girl who's one of my friends, but her parents were divorced. Everybody else, our families were together. So, I mean, it really was very Wally Cleaver. I graduated in 95, and I went to Mississippi State, and... That is, of course, Starkville. And I was I was all like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of town. I'm going somewhere. I want to see something different. And then I filled out one college application, and I was like, that's a lot of work. If I get in, that's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we'll pick it up there. We're with Carrie Duncan, Chief Meteorologist for WLOX, and we're going to kind of cover the waterfront today. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll finish this part about you know, growing up in Starkville and how she picked this as a career and what ultimately led her to Coast of Mississippi. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We're talking to my friend, the chief meteorologist for WLOX, uh, Carrie Duncan. When we went to break, she talked about uh, growing up in Starkville and filling out one college application that ultimately led her to Mississippi State. When did you know you wanted to get into weather? What, where did that come from? Well, my father actually brought me an article from the Starkville Daily News. Uh, that was, you know, back in the days, Ricky, when a lot of people, everybody got the paper. And I've still got articles, actually, that my parents have clipped out because they had an article about me, you know, being on TV and eerie, you know, for the Starkville paper, that was big. I mean, Starkville was very different, though, back then than it is now. It has just grown and it's beautiful and it's it's I mean there are so many things there that I wish I'd had as in my youth but when dad showed me that article it was the only broadcast meteorology program in the country at Mississippi State and so I was like well I'll look into it and you're going to start to see a pattern here with me (laughs) when I confess this but I had been in school it was my second semester and I was in communications and so I was taking, I took a lot of hours and then they told me that when I went and met with the advisor at Mississippi State, he said, well, it's going to take you five more semesters. And I was like, really? And he was like, well, what year are you? Aren't you a sophomore? I was like, no, I'm a freshman. He went, how do you have so many hours? I'm like, well, <laughs> I take between 18 and 22 hours a semester because I want to get out. I just <laughs> want to get done with school. And I did. I graduated in three and a half years. So I was on track to do that. I did have to take in my last semester of thermodynamics, I had to take it online. Or, well, we had VHS tapes, if that tells you anything. <laughs> yeah, right. So I had to watch these horribly boring VHS tapes of a professor just blah, 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 talking about <laughs> thermodynamics of meteorology. And so that was a very difficult class because. And I do. I tell everybody who does online stuff, I feel for you because that is the hardest thing to make yourself do it. So that's when I became interested. I've always liked weather. Even growing up in Starkville at the country club, we'd have to get out uh, with thunderstorms and I would watch them. And I just thought they were just really just magnificent and so cool. And I loved how it changed. I love change. I'm a gypsy at heart. Uh, But I think with the with the weather, I noted when I would take notes in school, I would put what the weather, the symbol for the weather each day. So I could go back and I still have them. I could go back and look at some of my notes from 1996 and I know well, what the weather was like on that day that I was in that class because that's, I took notes and I, that's what I did because I thought it was so cool. I like to watch how things change. Yeah, isn't it interesting that the the class on thermodynamics that you had the boring VHF takes? It turns out to be the thermodynamics are probably like the the sweet sauce to all weather. It and really is. But you, you know, want- biggest the the biggest class that I used the most, and I was like, this is such a stupid class, uh, is hydrology. A hundred percent, because. Everything runs on water. I mean, look at the state capitol and that crisis that's going on. But when it was, I mean, rivers and flooding and drought, there's always concern with water. And so I remember writing a letter to my professor and saying, I should have paid a little bit more attention and not dismissed this class. I mean, it's still got an A in the class, but I should have realized. But I mean, when you're 
20 years old, you don't know that you're learning the things that are really going to impact your life for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. And to some extent, the newspaper business used to be sort of like this. That when you get out of school, you just don't go land where you want to land. Uh, and in your world, you literally had to go where the opportunity was. So that's that's probably what brought you to Erie, Pennsylvania. And you were glad to be there, weren't you? I was. I was glad to have a job. And I had accepted a job. And then uh, I got an offer from another station in Greenville, North Carolina, which I ended up going to about six months later because I basically got fired when I was in Erie. And it took me a really long time to be able to say that and be okay with it because I thought I had done something wrong. And I hadn't. I was always myself. And I remember that general manager, his name was Bob Hoffman. I don't know that he's with us anymore, but even if he is, he was an awful human to me. He may have been a great human in life, but he was terrible to me. And they had some real issues with the two people that they hired after me. And I try not to relish in anybody's misery, but I also was like, you know what? Sometimes you get what you deserve. They brought me up to Erie from Mississippi on a one-year contract. And so he was like, well, I don't think you're holding up your end of the bargain. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you knew this was my first job. But at the time, that station was the CBS affiliate for either DirecTV or Dish. I don't know which one it was. And I mean, I was bad. I was bad. I mean, everybody's kind of bad when they start. Yeah. So, you know, and people are really mean. And this was way before you really even had all of the social that comes at you now. Um, when I was there, I was also like running their website dial up because no one else knew how to do it. And so <laughs> here I am. I was 21 when I graduated and moved up there. I was 21 years old. And so I move up there and I'm in a very different place from Mississippi, clearly. Yeah, 111 I inches of snow the first year. Yeah, and that was a year that Buffalo, actually, that was in, I graduated in 98, so that was the January of 99. It snowed for three weeks straight. I mean, it started snowing pretty much on New Year's, and it did not start stop pretty much for three weeks. And we had, I think, 88 inches in that three-week period. And then over the time, I think it was like 111. But um, Buffalo had a little bit less than that, but they had to call for a state of emergency um, yeah. during with all of the snow that they had, the lake effect snow. But I remember being in school when I accepted that at Mississippi State, they had a guy who was from upstate New York and they were like, uh, we need you to teach some lake effect classes. <laughs> and they were like, Harry, you need to really pay attention to this. <laughs> and so, you know, I had a crash course because they actually let me go early. I was, I had Thanksgiving with my family and then I moved up there. Um, and and I, one of my nieces was just born and she is... She will be 24 this year. So it was 24 years ago that I was moving up to Erie, Pennsylvania. And it was a, I really feel like I could be, I personally would be happy anywhere. Certainly you find happiness in certain things where you are and you'll probably be maybe happier in other places. But I really had gotten into a nice little routine. I was going to the uh, minor league. They were the Seawolves, the baseball team, minor league baseball. And so I was going up there a lot. And then 
I thought I'd, I was asking that I was constantly asking, can you please look at my tapes? Can you please critique? I want to get better. I want to do better. And they're like, oh, no, you're doing great. And then like a week later, they're like, yeah, so if you don't, you know, find a job by, you know, May, we're going to have to let you go. And I was like, well, what about the contract? And they were like, oh, well, that really just protected us. And I'm almost like, what? <laughs> I was 21. I didn't know what to ask. But Carrie, what I've learned, what I've learned, it was actually a blessing that you landed in North Carolina. And, you know, I think everyone to go back into our lives. In my case, I was a paramedic uh, in pre-med. I had some really difficult um, experiences as a paramedic that literally changed my life. But that adversity that you face early in your life, as difficult as it may be, it's literally a blessing in a lot of ways. I mean, it's a way it, it causes you to do a lot of self-reflection. And then when you landed in North Carolina, it was it was it was a great situation for you, wasn't it? It really was. And the news director, Neil Fox, he was wonderful. He really took me in under his wing. They sent me out to Dallas to work with uh, talent coach Lou. She was awesome. And she really was like, you know, we're not trying to change you. We're taking what you have and improving upon that. And that's really nice to hear when you hear so many things coming at you because I mean, in TV, people definitely look at your outward appearance and people generally are, some are really nice, but some are really ugly. And it really forced me to look at myself and to see what I said about people on the street or whatever, because I think we all do that to some extent. And it's just out of habit. It's out of what we heard, like, oh, he shouldn't be wearing that or she shouldn't be wearing that. And I was like, why? Why do, why do I care? It doesn't affect me. If they put it on and they're comfortable in it, then that's fine. And maybe they're not comfortable in it. Maybe it's the only thing they have, but it's still none of my business what someone else is doing. So it's really helped me, of course, like you said, become the person who I am, who I feel like I'm a pretty tolerant person, patient with my kids, maybe not so much, <laughs> but I think that's more of a parental thing. But, but you know what's, what's interesting is we come to the end of the segment that in your world, in the in broadcast news world, um, authenticity is not always valued. That's the reality of where you are, unfortunately. But in, in meteorology, though, what you know and how you convey the message is incredibly important. And you have, a, you have a way to maybe maintain some authenticity in the world that you're in today. And I think you've done a good job of that. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk about her journey from North Carolina back to coastal Mississippi and Katrina and what that meant to her. We'll see you after this break. former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a, a terrific conversation with my friend Carrie Duncan, the chief meteorologist for WLOX. And, uh, you know, before before we went to break, we talked about growing up in Starkville, going to Mississippi State, heading up to Erie, Pennsylvania, and then on to North Carolina. North Carolina actually was a good prerequisite to coastal Mississippi because they have floods, they have hurricanes, a lot to learn about very similar types of weather situations. Maybe it's a lot colder there at times, for sure. We go every but, winter. <laughs> but what led you? What led you to Biloxi? I, well, I actually had two job offers. I had one from Greensboro, North Carolina, which is a much larger market, and I had one here. And I was weighing the options, and I felt like with that station in Greensboro in the triad area of North Carolina, I was like, it was a corporation that owned it at the time. And it was like, well, it's got to go through this person and this person and this person. And I was like, huh? Plus it was going to be a terrible shift. It was going to be that weekend morning and evening and working two days a week. Yes, I'd have three days off, but I had done that shift and it really made it it wreaked havoc on my mental health and because you're not sleeping and sleep is as we know very important and so i looked down here and i remember coming over the bridge that pascagoula bridge and seeing that marshland now i love it and i think it's beautiful but then i was like i am not coming here and there were love bugs everywhere i was like what are these things and so i had come down i was my parents had a place in orange beach so we drove over and um I met Doug Walker at the time, <laughs> you know, and he was, you know, just really uh, just surly. And he was like, well, we got to do this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> I remember looking at Karen and being like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. And I, went, I sat in their meeting and I was like, I am not coming here. So when I met Leon, I was like, so is the company in the red or the black? You know, what are you going to? Because I was like, I'm not coming here. So I asked him some hard hitting like questions about the company and the business and the pros and the cons and the best the thing they're best at and the thing they're worst at that they need to work on and of course Leon really liked that <laughs> and so I you know I ended up getting an offer and I'm really glad that I took it um, because it really has you know of course changed my trajectory I was you know when you're younger you think oh I want to I want to keep moving up and moving up means bigger I mean I think the triad is the top 40 and we're, I don't even know what our number is, but it's like 150 something, I think maybe once, I don't know what, where we are, but we are a very small market station. So when I decided to come here, um, it was partly too, to be back closer to my family. I had been in North Carolina so far from home. And that's one thing that I do want to point out real quickly uh, because I know we want to talk some about what helped me stay here. And of course, that Katrina setting that. But in this business, uh, meteorologists are uh, the number one suicide rate in television because people, I think, because people are so ugly and so mean to people. And we take it all in and we're really advised, don't go back, don't say anything. So you just have this stuff sitting in your head. And it's taken me years and years to just learn how to deal with it and going to therapy and learning how to deal with it. Because while it doesn't sound awful, if you hear these things, now granted, I had, once I moved down here, I had so many people, you're a breath of fresh air, you're so wonderful, we love to watch you. But I also had one of my first emails said, send that fat lady 
And so you get stuff like that and you have to learn how to deal with it and cope with it. Plus, we don't make any money. I mean, we made nothing. I think my first contract in Erie was for like $20,000. And that's barely being able to live. And then you have to buy clothes that look good because people are going to judge that. And you're young and you're like, well, I want to still look cute, but that's not really professional. So there's so many things going on. And I think that that is part of the reason why. Um, I just wish people would give everyone on television that they see a little bit of grace, especially the new ones, because they are struggling and they're having a hard time. They're just trying to get their footing and they're just trying to have a job. They're just trying to make their life. So it's, it, it, real quick, it's sad, it's sad to hear that about, uh, about the suicide rate, but I'm not surprised by it because you're there every day. It's easy for people to judge. And it was hard enough before the internet. Then you add the internet and commenting, and then you add social media. I yeah. mean, I talk about that all the time on this show that people are willing to say anything on social media. Hours. And they seem to have no understanding of the ramifications of what they're saying, that the fact that people may internalize the messages that are coming out. But you know, you've done a good job of standing tall during, during what were some difficult times for you and finding peace in your role as a leader there at WLOX. And um, in building this incredible team, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing where you are today, isn't it? I feel so blessed to have the people I have. We're all so different and we're very diverse. And that is, I think, what makes us so good when you put us all together. You know, you've got Wesley, who's the numbers guy. And Eric is such a good explainer and can remember everything. Taylor is super laid back and so knowledgeable that it just works so well that we really just gel. And I'm just so glad that we you know, have gotten to where we are. And it seems like, at least for the time being, that we've got people who are pretty happy being here and want to stay here. So, you know, at the station, we've had a lot of turnover because we've had a lot of long timers leave. And people are like, gosh, I've had a lot of turnover. I'm like, yeah, we have people who've been here forever and they've retired. So, yeah. Yet get new people in and the nature of a small market is that people come in they stay there two years they get better they leave because that's what they're trying to do is continue stepping up that ladder so it's just you know a natural progression of things but i think that when i was here i was planning on doing the same thing ricky i was planning on i was like my three years are up september 23rd i'll be celebrating my 20th year here on september 23rd and wow. i like, I am leaving this place because in 2005, my contract was up. And guess what day Katrina hit? <laughs> the 29th. And that, you know, okay, oh. so, so so about Katrina, isn't that amazing, though? But what's, what about Katrina? I used to say as a publisher, and I, I've shared this on the show a lot, I give speeches about the importance of the newspaper and its role in democracy, et cetera. But it wasn't until after Katrina that, I mean, I certainly believed it then, and we practiced those attributes every day, and we tried to be committed to that. But it wasn't until Katrina hit that we, that all of those important attributes about the role we played in our local society, the role we played, how it connected to our hearts and our souls and our minds in ways that will never be able to be changed now. I mean, I sort of understand to the depth of my soul the importance of providing news and information to the local community, just not just 
after but before an event to help save lives. That's one of the reasons why at the Sun-Herald we told the story of every single person who died. You know, what was the decision they made and why did they make that decision? Um, it's, it's a, it was a life-changing event, wasn't it? It really was. And for me, I remember having so much guilt after. My house was pretty much fine. Ridge vent torn off. My AC unit was flipped over. But I mean, I flipped it back up and it was still working. I mean, like I was very fortunate. And I just remember thinking, why am I putting on makeup to go and be on TV? Like, what? I mean, I feel like I need to be out there. There are people like digging out and putting tarps on their homes. But then I had so many people saying, Oh my gosh, it's so good. Like, I'm so glad to see you. You're normal. This is what we're used to doing. We're used to watching this. And normalcy is what we need right now because everything was shattered. And I mean, just everything was so different. Like, you, I remember being like, where am I? Like, I don't know where I am. There aren't any street signs. And I mean, I'd only been here for three years, but still, I'd been there for three years and drove the same road. I'm like, wait, hold on. Where am I now? And so, and Carrie, Carrie, one of the things I have to look back to is that Katrina hits and this tropical season wasn't over yet. I mean, there were still more severe storms to focus on. Now, look, a lot of people were just focused on, is it coming up? No. Okay, I'm, I'm, I, I got to undig. But there were a lot of people still worried about what was going to come next, weren't they? That there were. And, and we were, too. We were also trying to figure out how we were going to be getting all of our information in, getting our computers set back up. And you know, just just really trying to get a grasp on everything. Like, everything was so brown, you know. It ripped all the trees, and it was just so desolate feeling. And so I remember when I first got to get out of town, I was like, do y'all have soda? Do you have a soda machine? And they looked at me like I was crazy. I was in Greenville, Alabama at Bates House of Turkey. And um, they were like, yeah. And I was like, can I get a, can I get a Diet Coke? And they were like, uh, yes. And it was so good. And my first beer was actually with Mike Reeder on his porch. I mean, I went, we were using his house because he lives so close to the station. And we were using his house to just barely wash off because you know, everything was so scarce. Now, in all fairness, we were we were living really nice here at the station in comparison to a lot of people. We had the generator, we had AC, all of our people who worked here who were staying here, we brought all of the stuff out of our refrigerators and freezers. We They had hired someone to cook for us. So they cooked our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We could come through the line and get food and get fed. So and then the uh, Coliseum, they were having like a steak and lobster dinner or something. They brought that to us. So, I mean, like, it, it, there are definitely good things, but there are also, I just remember being like walking. I mean, we were on air for like 13 days straight, and it was everything that it do to just not stay focused on it. But then you had to stay focused on it because it was what we were doing and what we were talking about. And Ricky, anybody who's everybody was coming through WLOX to talk and get their word out. So we uh, And then they would come across the street and go to the Sun Hill. This is Chief Meteorologist Terry Duncan from WLOX. We'll see you after this break. So listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a terrific visit with my friend Carrie Duncan, the chief meteorologist for WLOX. And when we went to break, we're talking about obviously how Katrina changed us all. And, uh, you know, you're right. There was a parade of people coming through both there and at the Sun-Herald. But we got to point out, you guys actually had some roof damage, and that had to be fixed. And uh, uh, kind of a, a scary moment for folks that were there. And, um, you know, we all had these kind of things we had to deal with. But anything else you want to say about Katrina before we shift you know, gears back to the here and now and weather? Well, I just always try to look at the positive. And so for me, with Katrina, the positive was it really did root me here. Uh, I'm not glad it happened. Uh, I mean, I certainly wish that we hadn't had to go through that. But uh, the fact of the matter is that we did. And I can look at something positive out of it. And it was that I stayed because I was ready to go. And I had a job offer um, from WWL. But Dave Vincent was like, you can't go there. That's a (laughs) non-compete. He was like, no way, no how. And so I'm glad that everything worked out as it did because eventually I ended up meeting my husband and having my family. And had I left, I wouldn't have that. So, uh, you know, there is certainly a bright side and a positive. And it is easier to always find the negative. So I want to encourage everyone to look for the positive because that is difficult. Right. Even in hard situations, there well, is. Well, that's a good good place to maybe shift gears. And in fact, I've, I've written an unpublished book of lessons that I learned from Katrina. And one of them, and one of the most important of them, and that's what you just alluded to, is learn to count your blessings. Because mm-hmm. when everything else was gone and we still had, for those of us who didn't have family members that were hurt or killed by the storm, we could look around ourselves and say, you know, the people nearest and dearest to us, material things don't matter so much. You know, we learned that buildings don't make a community, that the people make a community, and we are able to rebuild back bigger and better. So here we are today. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it's true that that the that that the iPhone has empowered people around the weather, but there's still this incredible connection that people have with your meteorologist and you. Well, uh, that's as true today as it's always been, isn't it? It is, and it's it's really important. And I feel like I have really stressed it to my team is we are not in the business of height. We're not trying to make people do anything other than be prepared. We want to give people the information calmly, which sometimes is difficult when you are a little bit tense and you are nervous yourself. I mean, Wesley, during Ida last year, he had water coming up and was in his driveway uh, in that For me, with Zeta, six days prior, I had just had surgery. I had gallbladder surgery, and I felt awful. I was not supposed to be back at work yet. So sometimes it is putting things to the side so that we can communicate. But that's also why we always say just be prepared uh, because it's going to be stressful. 100% it's going to be stressful, but you can take away some of that stress by being prepared. So, you know, we've had a lot of rain recently and we had a couple of days, of course, to dry out, but it's looking like we might see a little bit more rain. So we're definitely nowhere near drought. (laughs) No. Uh, you know, that is it is concerning for if we get a tropical system in here that dumps a lot of rain. We've had tropical systems, though, that don't drop a lot of rain. So every system is different. You cannot compare. People always, always try to compare. I think it's human nature, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that you just can't say, wow, this is like this storm and this is like this storm because there's always going to be something that's different. The track, the speed, the intensity, whatever it is, it's going to be different. Carrie, let me tell you the thing that I notice as a weather nerd who pays a lot of attention to y- your programming. 
it is that um, with the change and the, what's available to be, everybody's a model expert now. Everybody knows about the European, the GFS, and all these different models. Um, they're always looking at the ensembles and. And, um, you know, if you look too, too far ahead, they can give you dire predictions and whatever. I think what you guys do, you do a good job of threading the needle on giving, alluding to some of the models without, without the hype. Too, too often, if you talk about the models, there's hype. It takes a specific kind of communication to be able to do that. And I think your team does a really good job at it. <clears throat> you don't ignore them because if you ignore them, then, um, then people are going to say, "Why didn't you talk about it?" But, but the, the way you talk about it is the thing that I think differentiates you. And I think that, you know, that's part of what's changed about TV meteorology today. That um, if you don't talk about some of those things, then people will think you're not paying attention. So you, that's probably something you guys spend a lot of time talking about how to best thread that needle. We do. And I think it's just kind of ingrained in us a little bit now that you know. But I have to tell the producers, I'm like. We're not hyping. We're not talking about something slamming into anything, you know, because it's important. Words, like you said at the very beginning, words are important. Once you throw that stone, you can't take it back. And so you don't want to give people anything else to worry about. But I'm really glad that people are so interested in weather. I, I do believe that the interest and that knowledge and that people do have access wherever they are phone in their hand ipad wherever they are they can see and understand now what's going on i think people do understand weather now and i do think it has helped save lives and that is our main issue always protect lives and protect property and so when we give the information that is what we're hoping to do well, listen, we're out of time, Carrie, but look, it has been a, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to working with you to, uh, to bring some of your meteorologist team on Coastview and tell their specific stories. As you pointed out, each one of them has a strength that they bring to your team, and the accumulation of those strengths makes for really a strong team. And, um, you know, thank you for having passion here. Thank you for staying in Coastal Mississippi after Katrina and building this great team and, uh, and being part of the community. Yes. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. This has been Kerry Duncan, the Chief Meteorologist for WLOX. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.